Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Today on the show, we have Lindsay Padilla. She spent years being an educator and dedicated her life to educating students. She actually decided to take that knowledge and she started her own business helping other people in academics create online courses and teach people what they know. But she dropped all of that to start a brand new company, Hello Audio. She's been building this SaaS product from the ground up and it's been fascinating to watch from the sidelines. I'm excited for you guys to dive in. Emily, tell us a bit more about what's behind the scenes in this show. Yeah, for the first half of this episode, Lindsay gives us a true, honest, behind-the-scenes look at everything it takes both mentally and just literally logistically to build a software, to build an app, to build a SaaS everything that she wanted to create from the hole that she saw in the market of audio and how course creators can deliver amazing content to their students and how Lindsay could make that happen. She talks about breaking down barriers in a male-dominated space, learning things in the tech space, raising money, deciding to bootstrap or not to bootstrap, and everything in between. And at the end of the episode, we talk about what is actually Hello Audio and how could you, as a service-based business owner, as an online course creator, as an educator, how could you use this platform to better your customer experience and to add more value? So there's lots of good nuggets in this. You get a peek behind a little bit about stuff that Abby and I have been thinking about doing in our own business and ideas of what you could use in your own to help you grow and create an amazing experience for the people you already have. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes where you guys might not be able to speed up uh, the audio and listen to us quickly because we, like, <laughs> even before we dove in, it was like, and this idea, and I want to talk about this, and we're going to talk about this. So today is going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. I want to kind of do like 50-50 maybe. We'll see how it goes. I want to get a, a big lift of the curtain of what mm. the F you've been working on in the last, <laughs> what, year, two years? I don't yeah, it's been about a year timeline. and a half. Okay, yeah. year and a half. Yeah. 
a behind the scenes of the making of a freaking software, what it takes, lessons you've learned already, and you kind of teased before we got started that you've been doing stuff even against the norm of what's expected in mm. this space. Obviously, have you guys met Lindsay? Because <laughs> that's how we do it. That's yeah. how we do it. And then I want to definitely, definitely pitch what the software is. And and I know Lindsay has a couple of really great ideas of how you could use Hello Audio for your business. So we're just going to dive in. What the French Toast is Hello Audio? Why the idea? How did it come? Tell me everything. Oh gosh. Yeah. So Hello Audio is a software that takes your premium content and turns it into private audio feeds for your customers or your students or your audience to be able to listen and learn on the go. I got this idea from the work that I know you guys from. It is the course business, the personal brand industry. I was helping people. Once I left my professor gig, I was helping people teach better online. Hey, I taught online for 10 years. I actually have some ideas how to do it. You know, that was what I was doing prior to Hello Audio. And in that time, I realized my core question always was, how can we get more people to finish our courses? That was pretty much the problem I was helping solve with my consulting and with my courses. And I kept coming back to this idea of, oh gosh, it would be so much easier if I could just listen to it, right? Like maybe it wasn't even watching the videos that was the problem, but it was actually the medium of delivery. And it's not the student that's the problem because they're not disciplined enough to watch the content. And it's not the educator who a lot of my clients came from feeling very ill-prepared to create curriculum. And so like a lot of teachers were like, oh my gosh, no one's finishing. Like they hate me. I'm such a bad teacher. I'm one of those marketers who- internalized all of that. you bought and it it's and like you didn't you watch true. the half of a module? Like, right? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when you care a lot, right? Yes. So there's a whole bunch of us out there that care that our students finish. And so, so I took all of that learning for four years and we just, it was actually had nothing to do with my students and everything to do with my own consumption of someone else's product. No joke. <laughs> there was a course that I bought. I spent 1800 bucks on. It was like a money mindset course and it wasn't slides and it wasn't fancy. And this person, I loved listening to her hated the membership site and just kept being like, girl, just put it on an audio. Like it's just like, be real about what it is. And I would still pay that amount of money. And I think it was that juxtaposition of of a fancy course versus like, I just want to get to the content as soon as possible. And I was like, Derek, can we get this on a private audio feed? But it was also next to people in, I was really involved in Stu McLaren's membership site community. And People would ask for this probably once a quarter, be like, you know, my people are asking for a podcast feed of my content. Does anyone know how to do it? And the only thing that was out there at the time was a, what's the word, like a stitching together duct tape of like WordPress. You had to have WordPress and, you know, you had to be all fancy. And so there were a couple podcast agencies that were building these out for people, but there wasn't really a software that did it. And that's always a key (laughs) for anyone listening who thinks they have a software idea. I learned this from Dan Martell, who's like my software coach. He basically is like anything that you have happening in a spreadsheet or like any sort of weird scripts or like manual thing that your team is doing and it's like repetitive, you probably have something of a software there. And that's like a starting point. And so when you realize that people are cobbling together other things to make the end result and it's not easy and it's a potential service, you probably have a software, some level of a software. Uh Mm -hmm. Piecemealed Mm -hmm. everything from day one. Story of my life cobbling together tools. I think that's all I've ever done. And some days I do think 
to myself, well, maybe it's better because then if one thing breaks, it doesn't break everything. And I, I like justify certain behaviors in my business, but I will say I am a woman who's always wanted to build a software and been Mm. so intimidated by the SaaS industry and specifically the tech industry. Yep. Just well, because I'm a woman in business. $500,000. Well, yeah, it's a it's the cash piece that's intimidating, but also just like coming into a man's world. I very specifically <laughs> have taught women yeah, for years. For a because, I like y'all. <laughs> I know. I know I while we definitely have men slip in there occasionally. For the most part, I know who I'm talking to, but in the tech world it's like you couldn't you could not get yeah. away from that and that. Mm. So I'm just curious, what made you pull the trigger? Lindsay, will you build a female-only tech world, please? So we can I'm here for this. Come into it. <laughs> okay. All right, great. What do we, we want to we need a new valley somewhere else, somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> a mountain. We'll yeah. build the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so how did it go from okay, I have an idea, but how mm. did you like literally first step? <laughs> this is not just an idea here. I have to build this. What was the trigger for you? What made you this move forward? Yeah, I love this question because w- what is that saying that someone said, like, there's a thousand great ideas? Or, or no, Sarah Blakely actually said it in her masterclass, that commercial snippet of her masterclass. And she's like, there's so many people sitting on such great ideas. I believe that everyone has a mil- yes. multi million dollar idea. Yes. The question is when you act on them. And you know, I'll be honest, there's, I was following a path, and this is really important to state that I wanted to help academic women leave their academic jobs and start businesses online because we're freaking smart and we can do lots of cool things. And the academy already hates us, all this stuff. And it's, and it's a problematic place and all the things. And this is like pre-COVID, right? Yes. And that's like actually the path I wanted to follow. And that's my secret mission with just all my friends, all my master's and PhD <laughs> level friends. I'm like, leave yes. it, leave academia. Leave it. <laughs> so that was a very deep mo- a mission. And I like wanted to help create, I wanted a million teachers to create a, a million dollar business and, or no, not even that, a like six figure business and it equaled like a billion dollars. I had that yeah. whole like cool thing that gets us a mission behind something, right? So I, at the time, was like, well, I don't think I need, I want to be a CEO of a tech company. I actually explicitly said that. Mm-hmm. And so have I. <laughs> yeah. And so here's how this went down. So this is August 2019. I will say this. I have a very supportive partner who does not code. A lot of women that get into tech have a partner that can code. That's what I, and I that's know. a game changer. That's not helpful for me. My, I know. It's like, why'd you get a physics that. degree? No one cares. No. Yeah. <laughs> he actually was really close to getting a computer science degree and he probably would have, he would be a great coder. And he knows enough though. And this is important because I came to him with this idea and I'm like a quick start times a million. Like we should do this. And he's like, let me check and see. And uh-huh. so he did his own research in Reddit and all this stuff about like wow. literally the current state of the podcasting industry and how RSS feeds work. And so it took him because he's very slow. He's a fact finder. He has to get all of his things. He has to feel yes. like he knows, right? He came to me and was like, we have to build it. And I was like, what? Here's, I'm so here's, excited. Here's my PowerPoint right? presentation on we Correct. have to build it. <laughs> yes. And he's like, no, we should. Like, no one's doing it. Yes. And the marker for me was, and this is what I want to say for people who are worried about having the cash for a tech company is we pre-sold lifetime licenses on a Facebook post 
to the tune of $30,000. We sold just over 100 spots to something that did not exist. And that felt very normal to I me. almost bought it. I don't, did you we don't, actually buy it? I, I thought about remember. it. Did we do it? I don't know. I should check on that. <laughs> we need to check on membership. <laughs> and so that was like, oh shit. Okay, I just took some money from some people. I guess now we got to figure out how this is going to get made. And so that started, it gave me space this is what I want to say. We were able to sell that and say, look, you give yeah. me 300 bucks or 200 bucks, we'll build it for you, but it's not going to be tech. We will manually do it. And that ah, sounds silly because yes. to manually provide service for $300 didn't make sense. But we knew that it ended up being, I think, about 30% of people wanted the feed. That's not that many feeds that we had to create right. over a length of time. Right. And most people were just like, you're building this. This sounds awesome. Great. I love you and trust you. Go. Yeah. Like, good luck and keep me posted. Yeah. So that gave me the people couldn't be mad because, of course, you know, <laughs> why would I want to make people mad right. that I, they, I wasn't delivering something, right? That helped me mentally. And then that quarter, that fall of 2019, I met with somebody who's like deep in the podcasting space and he knows a lot of people because essentially we're a podcast host right now. We're essentially a podcast host. And he's like, why would you compete with Libsyn? Why would you build a podcast hosting company from scratch? Why don't you just talk to some of these people? And I was like, fair enough. So I went down this path to say, look, I'll be the CEO of my company that I'm still running. And I will oversee and help you with this like market, you guys. I have this market and they want this really bad. What if I kind of oversaw the building out of this infrastructure to target this group of people? Yeah. And I had a conversation with Glow FM, which as of three days ago has officially been acquired by Libsyn. They were a company that was doing subscription software within, basically it's like Supercast if you've ever heard of it. It's like pay us $5 with inside the podcast thing for my extra show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You I have seen that. people monetize podcasts in this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So essentially that's what they did. Libsyn just bought them. I talked to Glow and I said, look, you're talking to podcasters and everyone's trying to figure out how to help podcasters make money. There's some problems with that. And there's reasons why it isn't working very well. I come from this other industry where the content's already created. They have money. They like to spend the money on things. Already there. The already audience is already there. What if we help you add? And so she had to go to her board and it was this whole thing. These were talks about two months. It was February. We had a customer come to us and say, when's this getting built? And I'm like, well, they're working on it right now, but I, I don't really control it, right? There's a board. They were a VC-backed company. So they had to clear the direction that they took it. They had to prove that yeah. it was going to work and all the things. And so we were moving in that direction. She comes to us in early February there's a whole other side story that this is too much information for the show. It prompted me to help build it, but she basically said, I can, I can build it with you. We'll build the app together. And I said, okay, let's do it. Fast forward to end of May, she leaves the company and actually takes the code herself. So <gasps> she has launched a competitive company. We had to rebuild from scratch. So we've My spent all that time rebuilding. right now. Yeah. That's a whole, we can do a whole other episode that's on that. Part I also probably need to get clearance from my lawyer, but that's a true, that's true what happened. And it's a great story of it doesn't matter what your offer is. It's all about the people and uh -huh. the connections you have in the industry uh -huh. and, and who you are and all that stuff, because she did not 
build a successful product and she's been struggling and we just built, we put our heads down, but this was like the true test of faith. Now you're asking me, did you want to be a tech CEO? (laughs) And I blatantly told the universe, no, for a long time. Then comes this woman who ends up stabbing me in the back later, but comes back and says, you can do this. Here's your person. And that was a great, I'm grateful Mm -hmm. and I'm working on my forgiveness and all the Mm -hmm. things. Because it it showed me that I could do it. Yeah. And she was the right partner, actually. She had the skill set that we needed. And while she made it, something else happened in her life is what I know to be true. Sure. Like she was hurt in some other business thing for her to do what she did to us. Sure. But I look back and I we didn't have equity between us. We did, you know, all she got away with was the code. And it was our thing. It's my passion. I needed to build it. I had to build it. And so then came the universe like, are you sure? <laughs> We're going to burn it to the ground and double test you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why we had to relaunch lifetime licenses. We did need more cash. And so we ended up raising, we ended up selling 250 lifetime licenses total to the tune of $100,000 in cash wow. in order to fund the whole thing. Yeah. So a, not a dollar went out of our pockets. It was all pre-funded by the excitement that we created around a product that we knew solved the problem. Yeah. And that's really important in this industry. And I bring this up because in our little pre-chat before this, the tech industry doesn't understand marketing and branding and messaging and how vital that is to the success of a company. And we know a lot of stuff. Everything I've done up until this point in my personal brand, while it felt like it had nothing to do with the tech industry, it had everything to do with it. And I went in with a lot more knowledge than I was giving myself credit for when I was making some very smart decisions that looking back, I was like, oh, like I knew. The amount of times Abby and I sit and we're like, oh, we have to figure this thing out for work. And then we get on the phone. I'm like, do you realize what we just had to like micro learn to Mm. fix or to launch or to make work or whatever in our business? Like the systems and tech and piecemealing together. Yeah, yeah, it's insane sometimes looking back on a day that we might have where I'm like, that just happened. We did that. Yep. 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 It's huge. How is it going now? You feel like I am sure kind of thrust into trying to make decisions quickly and building it out. And where are you at? Are you still, are you even in beta yet? Or are you, where are you at? Yeah, no. So we, the way it looks, so then last, last summer we rebuilt it from scratch and we were able to have our beta testers, which was those 250 lifetime users. They were our first official beta testers. So that's, that was the MVP. We're technically... In the tech world, I don't know if you guys remember, but Google, like Gmail was in beta for like <laughs> 10 years or something silly. Yeah. yeah. So that that transition to beta is kind of funny in the tech space. So we're like in beta, but we have a fully functioning product that has like barely any active bugs. Our developer is amazing. And yeah, so that November, so November 2020 is when we officially opened to monthly payers. And that was scary. That is because, scary, but so exciting. Yeah, because having someone hand me 200 or $300 and be like, Oh, do it, build it. And yeah. then it's like, will you pay monthly yeah, for this? You like, do you, would you be sad if this disappeared? Is it a part of your tech stack? That was the, the unanswerable question at that point. So then when we prove that, then it's been all uphill from here. So we're about, what is that now? Five months into, into that. And we're seeing roughly 20% growth month over month, which Love is that. awesome in the tech space. Yeah. Yeah, we're building some we're building some cool stuff. Let me tell you where I even don't even want to say 
So in May, I think this will air in time. We are still within our founders pricing, but we're adding some things that are going to make us, we're basically carving out a niche that doesn't exist because no podcast hosting company does it like this. So we're looking at these this from a marketer's perspective. Yes, and we're yes. like, what do we want audio to do? Where is it going? Yes. How can we be a part of that? And mind you, this is all happening when Clubhouse is taking the world by storm. Yeah. And that's really been our entryway is, is this people have enjoyed not getting on camera, having these conversations. And so remembering, they're kind of remembering how cool audio is. Mm-hmm. You as podcasters know, your, your diehard listeners know what happens in our ears and how we commit and we're so loyal to you every week. That's very hard to find in like the video space. And that's because it like takes a lot more out. And I could, I could talk about that later, but anyways, so yeah, this is all lined up with clubhouse kind of blowing up. So from in September and November, I decided to raise. So we got our first check written. I learned to talk about micro learning. So I am raising capital, which has been another thing of a language I didn't know but dove deep into. So we have some amazing investors and people that believe in our product and are helping us take it to the next level. And I had the choice to bootstrap. I mean, I saw the path to bootstrap and I had a lot of people in this industry say, hey, bootstrap, you get to keep equity and and you can do it because you're a marketer. And I just had this, I just had this gut feeling because this is even before I knew Clubhouse existed. I just had this gut feeling that something else was happening and it's bigger. And I don't want to just stay in the digital marketing space. And that was, if I wanted to be a company that had an exit to Spotify, what decisions would I be making right now? And it's probably not what to launch, trying to get my own customers to bootstrap at this moment. It felt like I needed to build something fast. And that's when you decide to raise versus not. Because it's not that bootstrapping is bad. Right. Absolutely not. It's just a slower game. Yeah. Yeah. And so the question is... It's a very niche. Very, very niche. It's usually very niche. And the question is, how competitive is the space? Do you need three or 400K to be able to hire an amazing team to be able to build something fast? Because... I mean, we're at, I'll be totally straight out. We're at $7,000 monthly recurring revenue, which what I've built in other things like these high ticket, right? Like it's not that much money, but it is at the same time because it grows and it compounds and the accounting in SaaS is is a little bit different. We do accrual accounting. And so we're looking at this and we're already at a hundred thousand ARR really close, like, well, just under. And so it's, it's just different metrics in a different game. And so I was like, you know, I want to play the big game and I feel like, by me raising is relationships that I'm going to build, the experience yeah. and the example that I can be in order to help other women decide if raising makes sense for them. And just in this space, I just felt like no one around me had done this before. And I was like, that means something to me. If I can yeah. look around and say, no one knows what I'm getting into, I felt like I was opening up myself to a different way of welcoming money in that didn't yeah. involve launching which also yes. felt like something very different. Oh, what a concept. Yes. Ooh. I'm just sitting with that sentence for a second. <laughs> I know. It feels really good. Also, I, yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important that we let things in and like let them breathe. And I think there's something to be said for feeling like you always have to generate capital in a certain way or grow in a certain way or build a business in a certain way. 
And you just, frankly, being a woman going into SAS is you choosing to do something <laughs> a certain way, regardless if you follow exactly mm-hmm. the road set before you. But I'm sure you're making decisions that that people see differently. And you brought up a point even before we hit record, and I want to talk about it a little bit. You mentioned that one of the biggest challenges you're seeing specifically in the tech space is this lack of knowledge around marketing and branding and building an experience we have a lot of people who are really like invested in building the tech and they understand how a product works, but once they start marketing and that's where they fall flat. And I'm curious why you think this marketing branding piece is such an important, crucial part of what's coming next for the tech industry. Ooh, oh my gosh, there's so much here. So one thing I want to point out, Laura Roder and meet Edgar. Do you guys know yeah. her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I was, I can't remember how I was connected to, oh, I think I was connected to her in a Facebook group. And she's like, please box me because I love that you're doing this. Now, this is someone who blazed a trail for me. And Uh she opened her Voxer to me and she's like, I'm so glad you're she's here. An incredible human. Yeah, Ooh, she's wow. an incredible human. And she's also like, no one knows what they're doing. All these white dudes who are building tech literally uh-huh. have no idea what they're doing. And she's like, I'm so glad to have someone else that we can go back. And so she, I felt like how cool must have felt to be her. And she did this, you know, four years or five years ago, building me Edgar. And she took that thing to 3 million in like, I want to say it was 18 months, like a badass. She bootstrapped it. I mean, not a joke, right? And so she also happened to do a raise for another product. And so she was able to help me nuance through that. And she has a new product out right now. So I think there's something cool around that, that I just wanted to say. And she totally understood marketing. And she's like, you got, I go to these conferences, I speak at these SaaS things and people are like, how did you get to 3 million in 18 months? And she's like, I knew my audience. I had a course and we were (laughs) solving a problem. Literally. And so she plays the trail, I think really for that idea of evergreen content and like a bunch of people ended up copying that, which is all how the tech industry works and it's all fair game. Right. But she's that example of taking it and what it means. And I think What I want people listening to coach, consultant, creator, if you're listening to this and you have an idea for a tech product and you are a couple years in business, you have a skill set that translates and that is being able to sell something in a scrappy way. And even our developer, that third time we had to launch lifetime licenses, we essentially gave away our limited plan for $9.97. And that is like unlimited feeds, all the things, our top is tier. We weren't even ever planning to offer it because we're like, no. And it's like, we need the cash because blah, blah, blah. So we did it. And my developer was like, I am on the right team because this was his sixth startup. And he's like, I just watched you guys sell like $25,000 in a Facebook group. And I was like, this is how we roll, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, we fu- we come we up know. with an offer and we yes. sell it, right? And it's not just the tech, it's the excitement around it and all the things. And so I just bring that up because I want people to know that while the tech industry seems like this thing, especially if you don't know how to code, that yeah. finding of the developer is a is a key part. Sometimes you're married to them. Sometimes it's someone in the family. That is obviously super helpful because that is arguably the most expensive part. But even if you don't have that, it's doable. And pre-selling is an important thing. And I want to also bring up no code. No code software yeah. is we're in a place, we're like in the days when Squarespace came out about building a website. That's now happening for apps and software. Uh, there is a, something to 
say though, even with that, that also means it's a lot easier to create software than ever before. So back to your circling back to the branding and marketing question, you might be able to create the thing quickly. This is how you validate fast and you can actually build a drag and drop app and see if people will buy it and swipe their credit card. And that will give you, that's before you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to potentially develop the software. So knowing that no code is a thing and I think is should make people excited. And so I want people to get into this because it is recurring revenue, because SaaS has great margins, because some of the stuff we talked about off record too is like, it feels really different to not be coaching and consulting and building courses and launching, which is like, it feels like you and we as women, that's something I think we struggle with in this industry is we are emotionally connected to our customers and our users. And that can be positive. And so it's not that we want that to go away, but that we, that it doesn't feel like a part of me is failing if a launch doesn't go well, or if a student isn't doing well. And the fact that I don't, associate with that anymore because it's not me, literally me, like my brain. It's actually this thing that like does something outside of me and it helps. No, that's a big driver for what we've done with the creative template shop. Emily and I, from day one, it's, it was never, it, it's still not a software. I don't know if it'll ever be a software, maybe, maybe, but we built it very strategically. I can't even remember the exact conversation. I'd have to like go back and go through my notes. Oh, actually, I do know. We were talking to the founder of MemberSpace. So he's another software developer, went out there and built a product. And the, the way he talked about his company, it just hit us. Every, every person I really look up to in our industry hasn't been other people creating content. It's been the people supporting the people Mm. creating content. It's the people building software. And when we really looked at who, and not that we didn't like respect other people, but the people I really admired were building a product and selling a product. And so we were like, what if we ignored all the advice from Everyone, basically everyone (laughs) and treated this product like a SaaS company and it changed everything for us. Drastically. It within one year became over 50% of our overall revenue. It's the fastest growing thing we've ever created. It's been, it's revolutionized our business. And to your point has been a way for us to step away from the having all this emotional attachment to this thing we're creating. Like I have very little, if any, emotional attachment to the the product, but I so believe in yeah, it. Yeah, and the people it's really love easy it, to right? sell. And yeah. it's like, right. yeah. they still love it. It's not it's you. Sticky. <laughs> it's sticky. Right, yeah. exactly. And I think that's such a powerful thing. And I love that you're telling me that it is now easier than ever to build software. I think we're... I... I don't like saying this because I feel like it dates us a bit, but we're at this weird age where we grew up where the internet was like in its infancy when we were children. And so because of that, getting women Mm. to code was just not a thing. I remember the big STEM initiatives (laughs) didn't start until we were in college. And so... But I just bought my daughter a coding iPad game nice. and she it. freaking loves I it. Bet. So we can hire her in like five years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. probably. Nine. It's fine. She'll it's be the younger Probably. Color. It's fine. <laughs> but I think that may be part of the intimidation factor sure. is that 
my only experience was I I, learned, I guess I. T- my experience is coding my Zanga site. Come on. Oh, but I no. know how to add some music <laughs> and some freaking some flashing purple right neon text. <laughs> I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So in high school, my technology teacher offered a software development program. So I took, I took basic. Okay. I learned basic in high school. And then in college, I was like, I'm going to be a designer, but I took all the web development courses I could get my hands on, which meant all my initial websites were like these hand coded together, thinking more about it from a design perspective, not from a functionality perspective. So I can make things usable all day long. I can make things beautiful all day long, but making them not slow is not necessarily my cup of tea. Probably why I'm a little terrified of the well, this Google is why update can, that's heading our way. We can run the companies and we can hire the Gen Z <laughs> yes, that's coming out right exactly, now. That's yeah, exactly. Into it. Exactly. So that's yes. Cool. I love it. We'll have okay, our wisdom and their, their skills. <laughs> yes. 100%. So I want to transition and talk more about the product itself. So I I get the overall concept that you're taking content online and you're giving this like individual stream, but give us like the nuts and bolts behind the scenes of what it looks like to be a user. 
Yeah. So I think the first thing is defining what a private audio feed is versus maybe a public one. And we kind of stay away from calling it a podcast because I don't want people to be like, wait, is this a podcast? So narrow focus, and so right. we are talking about this idea of audio feeds. And I think it, it's ended up being timely with Clubhouse. But but so a private feed is something that is not searchable on our podcatcher app. So Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, those apps scrape, right? For They find your RSS feed and they, they deliver it to people and it, anyone can find it. Now, we all know that like podcast discoverability is horrible. And this is the whole thing. I think the audio space is ripe for a change. I don't think, I think podcasting really hasn't kept up with what people need and want with as far as like lots of things, advertising, all of it. So there's a lot of change happening in this space. So a private is not searchable. Public is. Your goal of a public podcast is obviously to have as many people listening as possible. And you guys know, having ran a podcast for a very long time, you can get lots of downloads. You can increase your audience. It grows as you bring people in. And that's all positive. But the reality is, is you don't have any contact with those people. <laughs> They're None. just this like download number None. on your podcast app. Some analytics are like just not true. It's hard. And that's not a reflection on any of these. The apps, it's a reflection on some of the standards in the podcast industry. So RSS, what does it stand for? Real simple something? I forget. It's blogging. It's so old. It's one of the it's oldest. Blogging. It's yes. blogging. And we just yeah. like got rid of RSS feeds there, but we still deliver. So there's some really interesting stuff that's happening with RSS feeds. I won't bore you. It's boring. But knowing the difference between public and private <laughs> is, is part of this, right? So private to us is higher security. So we built the software to create a unique link that is tied to somebody's email address. So if you are hosting a $2,000 product course where someone paid for, we don't want that feed to just end up anywhere yeah. and that anyone can subscribe. Bossproject.com slash private feed. <laughs> Correct. So <laughs> our goal is to make it high security. It's to give you the data by individual user and having the names of the people and like their email addresses and their stats and their downloads. So now you actually can connect on that way. And so it's a one-click subscribe link, So which is really cool also. So it, it ends up being a process where someone gets their unique URL and we generate this like subscriber page is probably the best way to say it, but it's a little web page and it's like, hey, you want to subscribe to Build a Better Beta, which was my old course. And it shows the podcast cover and then below it, it's buttons for popular podcast apps. And if they click one of those buttons, it literally copies the RSS feed and opens it in their player that they chose. Oh, so they're not changing behaviors. They're not they're changing behaviors. And that was really important for us. So we uh, could have built an app, but then uh, right. I would have to be telling people to like download this app. And we wanted it to be as frictionless as possible for the student to be able to get that material. And then we wanted to make sure that the owners felt like they had protection and they could see downloads and everything. So if you could tell if someone was sharing it or something, but we even created the security where the the that URL dies the second someone uses it. So there's no way that they can share the opt-in email or anything like that, which is really important to point out too. Yeah. So that's like the most basic thing. So now you can put paywalled content. We're having users use it in their marketing, you know, as freebies and stuff like that. And it's kind of bringing back the idea of an audio course, a mini course, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And yeah, creating audio we had content. An audio freebie back in the day. Mm -hmm. That would have been really nice. Yeah. And you know, you're on to something because I remember talking to my grandma actually last, yeah, like during the pandemic and stuff. And she's like, so you're building an app? Like, what does it do? And I was like, yeah, well, like, you know how I've been helping people build courses for the last four years? And she's like, 
kind of like they yeah. still don't get it. <laughs> but my grandma, she was like, I was like, you know, you want to listen in your car? And she goes, oh yeah, like books on tape. I used to yes. listen. And so she totally got it. And she's yes. like, so you're bringing books on tapes to podcasts. Now, while she doesn't quite get podcasts, she's in her 80s. <sighs> She actually is starting to get it now because podcasting is becoming more mainstream. I think more than 50% yeah. of Americans have listened to one episode of something in the last month. That's a big deal. So she kind of knows about podcasting. She's starting to hear like her news sources talk about it. So she got that idea like, oh, it's free, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's like the radio, but you follow. And she's like, okay, cool. And I was like, yeah, so we put courses there. And she's like, I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was I cool. got it now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say... My favorite part about the way you talked about it functioning is simply that you're not trying to change behavior because I think more often than not, people, people think they can change people's behavior. No, (laughs) No. unless you're Apple. You can can (laughs) at a cost. Right. You can at a cost. cost. That's true. If you pay, if you pay enough, you, you, you will probably open emails and pay attention or whatever. Or, Or you change the behavior by losing money. Mm, and sure. so you rebuild the habit. Ooh, right, yeah. right, right. Which I, I think it's interesting. There's just obviously main players in every game, main players in social media, main players in behavior. People pick up their phone and they do certain things every day. And I'm definitely a avid podcast listener. It definitely comes in waves. I might binge self-development for six months and then not listen to one of those podcasts again. But if you were to purchase, say, a course or access to whatever, but then not have to go into a special app to listen, I do think that makes such a huge difference. And Lindsay, I'm very interested, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) That was the key for us, right? So we wanted to be platform agnostic. We wanted to not create an app that people had to download. Yet, if we end up there, it would only be because people are like, okay, I see why and and I will am willing to do it. Because people do download apps. That's not a negative thing. Yeah, we're sure. right. But I think what we're noticing just with the power of audio, and this is also why I why I was the person to build this, is I think about this from a learning perspective. And one thing that I can point to as to why offering a podcast feed of the content you want your people to ex- consume, especially if it's paid, is the idea that listening is actually carved into our habits. Even if you're not a podcast... Well, everyone listening to this is a podcast listener. Like, right? Right. Hi, you hear my voice. You are listening to a (laughs) podcast. So you are likely doing this in a pattern that you've created. It is walking your dog. It is... Mine is like doing my makeup and getting ready. I put it out. Mine is also like sitting on my porch. I live in San Diego. Nice weather all the time. So I have these moments, sacred carved out places where I stick noise canceling things in my head. So I pay attention. And there is nothing like that in the video space because video takes a lot of attention. So does reading, right? It literally takes your eyes. So Gary Vee has been talking about this. I will, most of his stuff, meh, fine. But he's been talking about audio for the last like four years. And he's like, this is where we're headed. This is where they're headed. And people are like, eh, Alexa, I don't really get it. Uh He was saying it's going to take a mainstream thing to happen for us to get it. And I have a feeling it's Clubhouse. And so what is about to happen is that and 
the technology catching up with user experience. I think we messed up in the voice industry. And I now that I'm getting to know voice people, we built Alexa wrong. We built Siri wrong. Yes. We didn't do it yes. right. We didn't think about the user. But we're about to enter into the space where we're not touching our phones and we're controlling it with our voice. That's where we're headed, you guys. <laughs> like It's just like hands down. We will not, it's not going to be touch. We are now going to be voice directing things. And the reason why that's beneficial is you can do other things. You don't yeah. have to look at a screen and that is important. And especially when you w- work at a screen, the last Correct. thing you want to do Correct. when you're not screen. working is look at Correct. a screen. And there's so much distraction. So back to the point of like, we create these sacred moments and podcasting fits in that, this listening, right? I also want to bring up the emotion that we're in and the state of being. We're not anxious. When I sit at my computer, I, I also like have, I'm getting tested for ADD and all these other things, but like I sit at my computer and there's a lot happening. I have all these files that are on my computer. No one wants to see that. I have notifications. I have uh-huh. the thing that I sit in front of every day, to your point, tabs. and I'm supposed to open Kajabi and be so excited about learning new things. It's a tough ask that we're asking people to do. Yep. And so- yep. When someone's not anxious, which the video content and the website and the where was I on Kajabi? Where's the fucking link that I saved on my browser? I mean, you guys, we all know this feeling. And so the idea that I don't have to look at any of that and I go right next to the strategy hour is also the thing that I paid $2,000 for and I can choose to listen to that. That's a game changer. And I'm calm and I'm open. Yeah. And that's when you are really open to learn because you're relaxed. Yeah. And so I'm the teacher in me is like, oh my gosh, yeah. we went too far with the videos. We went too yeah. far with like the clicking everything and the right. complete, complete the module, move forward. Oh, like all I that turn stuff. that off every time. Mm-hmm. No one needs to check that. I hate it. Well, and just even think about the logistics of there would be a course that I would love to sit on my deck, take my laptop and take, but the sun is shining on my computer. I can't see the video. I can't yep. see the slides. If there's a chainsaw going, I can't hear my computer speakers. Do I Now I need my headphones. Like it's a whole process of stuff. <laughs> but if you're able to take a walk around your neighborhood and digest that same material, like literally how we learn is different. Okay. So yep. we're coming up on time. I, I know I could keep talking for like I two know. hours about this, but what I would love before we head into talk strategy is a quick spitfire round for our listeners who maybe don't have a course, mm. don't have a podcast, what are other ways that they could utilize Hello Audio in their business? Yeah. I mean, if you've... Yeah, they don't have a podcast. They don't have a course. If you've been on Clubhouse before, you've gotten a taste. Even if you haven't, you're you're like, ah, Android. It's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel you on that. You know what it's like to be able to pop into a room and not have to like do anything to provide value. So what a great like entry point into the podcast feed as a deliverable, as a part of your offer, as an asset, is it's really easy for you to create. And then the flip side is it's really easy, as we've been talking about this whole time, it's really easy for your customer to consume, okay? So it's a win-win for both. But there's also high perceived value because they look at that and they're like, oh, great, I don't have to log into Kajabi and like click around. I can't wait for this. And so what we're actually seeing being in the marketing space for a long time is people are making, yeah, audio only mini courses that are introductions to their bigger offers that was way easy for them to create. And people are scooping it up because it's a podcast. 
And so I'm watching Alyssa Hall is a user and she created, I think it's called the anti-racism coaching. It's something around anti-racism and coaching and leadership. And she actually does anti-racism coaching in your business. And she kind of posted about it. And she, I think she got over like two or 300 opt-ins, right? That doesn't happen anymore. You guys probably remember the days when freebies were scooped up. It's, yeah. it's a space where that's hard and like ebooks don't cut it anymore. And you know, the templates maybe do, and now it's swipes, like take my words, like yeah. what <laughs> happens with the, with the podcast is like, it's, yeah, it's easy for you to create, but it's also got a perceived high value in the eyes of the person. So they're willing to give that email address, which we're all pretty protective over. And they see themselves as able to complete that the ebook, the course, the video series, They don't Mm. trust themselves to sit down and complete it, even if they really want to. And I think we, I know that, and this is why it's so cool too, like helping people create these things as, you know, opt-ins and stuff is like, I know that as a user, like I look at things and I'm like, oh, I know I I bought that thing and I wish, I wish I just did it. I know I'm not going to use now. Yeah. Yeah. And so the biggest objection that most of your customers have is their own ability to complete the thing. Unfortunately. And so audio is just, you look innovative, you look like you know that they're busy. And then, and then you guys know this more than anybody that it's an intimate experience listening to somebody and you get their full attention. That is very rare in a podcast, in a Facebook group, in a Facebook live, in an Instagram live, in DMs. Like it's just, it's just different. So I would say start with something like that. Build that list. Start sharing what you know. It doesn't have to be this super fancy show. Um, we have lots of people that do walk and talks. I had the shower thought. Let me teach it for, to you really quick. Yeah. And that's all prep for your potential coaching, right? Because now they're understanding how your brain works and how you see the world and if you could help them. And it's not a lot of pressure for you to create. Once you start coaching, talk about premium. Hey, I have a yeah. private podcast feed for you only, right? That of our replays. So now we're getting into all the replays of things that we wish we watched. Now we're not even talking about the main content. Now we're talking about video recordings. I used to save so many of my coaching calls like, oh my God, that was so powerful. And it would just sit in a Google Drive, right? Right. right. And I would never listen to it again. I had every intention to, and I never did. So this changes that. And so there's lots of use cases outside of you don't have to have a $2,000 course. You really actually can create a lot of use cases with private feeds. Interesting. I know that people are going to be ready to dive in. I'm sure there's also a handful of people that are also like, maybe I need to pay attention to that SaaS idea that I've been kicking around. But (laughs) but we're going to focus on Hello Audio for a second. And let's go into talk strategy to me. If you're like, okay, I'm ready to dive in. Where do I go? How do I sign up? What's my first step once I become a member? And what's the quickest way to go from interested to I have my first feed going. And I can put it out. So here's the cool thing. Like, and you can comb the Facebook group. So we do have a Facebook group that's for you don't have to be a user, you don't have to be on trial. It's open to anybody curious about how to use audio in their business. You'll see post after post of like, oh my gosh, this was so easy. I may I I put in my head that it was going to be this hard thing because we're so used to building out these intense Kajabi platforms and funnels. We make it sound easy. And so I think everyone's just like, oh, Lindsay's talking about it. it's gonna be so easy. And <laughs> and I get messages, they literally post like, that took me like 30 minutes. Oh my gosh, this is the best. Here's why. 
You don't have to worry about design and how things look. So here's how the platform works. When you sign up, you get entry into Hello Audio. And then we, you basically, if you have your course, if you have MP3s, because what most people do is they strip their MP3 files for their courses. Even if you don't and you're listening to this, you're like, I have some coaching calls. Great. Whatever videos or MP3s you have, you literally drag and drop into the software, into the website. And we convert videos to audio for you. Again, I thought of my creators. And we allow you to bulk upload. So if you have a course that has 50 episodes, you could drop them all in, okay? Very few podcast platforms do that because that's not how most people record podcasts, okay? They're not batching that much. They're not, right? So we try to help you from the, I'm a course creator. I have a lot of things. I have a lot of content. So you drag and drop that all in. It all loads up. If it's a ton of videos, it's going to take a a hot second. So make sure you have a good internet connection. You know, maybe leave it overnight. I don't think it's taken too long. But then you can go in and change the titles and add to the description. But what's cool about it is if it's named the right thing or or if you maybe put it out of order, you can drag and drop the order. So there there is things that we thought of that are, again, very different than podcast hosting companies. I'm not going to get into, we actually invented two new types of feeds. So we actually have drip. Yeah, we have drip feeds. So if you have like a challenge or a course that you want somebody to get something dripped, yeah, that doesn't exist in the podcasting world because why would you need to do that? Why would it? the dates. So we have scheduled dates. And then we also have instant feeds, which is the entire course laid out from module one at the top all the way to the bottom. And so again, we like rethought about how people expect a course to show up in a podcast app versus a podcast. So we kind of are playing with RSS feeds and stuff there. But if you create an instant feed because it's a course and you want someone to binge it all at once, that's what feed you would pick. You can totally drag it and whatever. You can put hyperlinks inside the description. So you can link to Kajabi. You can link to the workbook. You can link to outside material. This truly is like they're listening to the audio and maybe you want them to grab the workbook or whatever. But you also don't have to do it like that. No joke. That's it. You add the listeners <laughs> next. So if you have 100 students of a course and you want to start to offer this, to them. P.S. The students love it when you drop like something new like this. They freak out. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to give value that literally takes you 30 minutes. You would copy or make, you know, download the CSV of all the students' emails. You might want to do some prep. And this just comes to obviously management and stuff and how you want to do it. But if you add everyone at the same time, you might want to send an email ahead of time that says, hey, you're about to get uh, added to a podcast feed. This is how it works. It's really cool. But you do that, you hit send and they go. And then you have a dashboard that says if it's been activated or not. So then you know if someone clicked on it and subscribed. And then you'll see how many downloads you have. You can look at downloads by episode and by listener individually. And then you can set up Zapier. We have, we've released a lot of integrations, but Zapier for the most part solves the problem of they buy your program on Kajabi and you still want to send them the link. Zapier will send the email automatically. So there is ways to automate it too. So you can make it as complicated, you know, as any other software that you want. You can use ActiveCampaign to do custom fields. So, and if you're sitting here listening to this, like, what are you talking about? Hand this off to your VA or something, or look at it as something you can learn in the future. But essentially the unique link will get filled in to every individual user in ActiveCampaign. So then you can, you can send the email. But what I want to point out is we will send that first email for you if you want us to to send that subscribe link. So you don't have to do anything super fancy unless you want to. So that's the basics. And then they subscribe once and you can decide, you know, instant, they would get them all at once. If you have an ongoing course or like Q&A calls, you would want to do like a typical podcast feed date. Mm-hmm. So then it would Worst release shopping. on the day. Yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's the nuts and bolts. It's pretty simple. 
<laughs> I think that's so cool. Thank you so much for breaking down the beginnings process of all of that, giving us a peek behind the curtain. I think that was really helpful. I think that there's more people than maybe we all like to admit that have an idea for a software mm-hmm. or dreams of doing something tech related. And I really hope that this kind of gave you a little boost of confidence that you can figure it out, or at least you'll have some people in your corner who you can come to if you have questions. And if you guys want to try Hello Audio, where can they go to dive in? HelloAudio.fm is fine. If you if you want to look at it as a listener and experience it, we have something called challenge.helloaudio.fm. And it's essentially called the Audio Asset Challenge. And it's 45 minutes, eight episodes, and we teach you how to make your first audio asset. So if you're like, oh, dang, yeah, I do want to create a course. We actually teach you the three types of episodes you can have. We teach you how to set it up and sell it and position it as a bonus and a value add and all of that. There might be a little awesome. secret Easter egg on the last episode for you curious folks. Folks. But yeah, if you if you go to that page, you can basically feel what it would be like to be one of your customers and listeners. Awesome. Awesome. We will make sure to drop those links in the show notes of this episode for you guys too. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on today and giving us all of that insight and inspiration. This was so fantastic. Thanks again. Yay. Thank you. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.